getting the best out of LinkedIn. This is the Learning Podcast with Ennio Sung. Welcome to the Learning with me, Ennio at Global.media. Some people feel assorted when you tell them what you do on LinkedIn. You often hear the old gripe that as soon as I accepted a connection request, then I got bombarded with sales messages. There's no denying that some LinkedIn users can be a little too eager to try to sell the services to new connections. However, as you will find out today's episode, LinkedIn only works when you master the art of LinkedIn messaging. So I'll make the case for routinely telling your LinkedIn connections about your services, and you'll see that there's a big difference between informing and selling. And if you follow what we covered today, you get your follow-up messages on LinkedIn done properly. That way you get more positive response and LinkedIn connections will actually want to build a relationship with you. As usual, we've got a lot to cover. We're going to take a quick look at why messaging matters on LinkedIn, touch on what upsets LinkedIn users about the messages that they get. Within that, we're going to take a tour around the common LinkedIn messaging mistakes that people make. And we're going to round off, as always, always, with what you can do better in terms of what makes a good follow-up message on LinkedIn that gets sales without selling. What we're going to cover now, we're going to cover at the end is based on what we know works from working with businesses and clients to get more customers on LinkedIn. So let's get straight into it. So LinkedIn is a social network for professionals. And in networking events, it's common practice to tell others how you can help them. That way they know they want to call on you if they need your help and or they can refer you to the network who can benefit from your services. It's the same on LinkedIn when you connect with new people. So on LinkedIn these days, you have more than one way to send messages to people. I mean, the new way is the video message that you can record on your webcam. And there are more and more video making software that you can use these days that look good on LinkedIn and sound to make you sound good too. So if you're not using videos for your messaging on LinkedIn, you still have the good old written text messages that go into people's inbox. So whether you're using video or old school written messages to talk to your new connections, the principles and best practice of LinkedIn messages are the same. So let's look at some of the things that tick people off when it comes to LinkedIn messages that they get. I mean, you know, the question is, you know, why do people complain so much about LinkedIn messages? The truth is I, I get the fact that no one likes to be sold to. I mean, that draining feeling that so many of us get when we get multiple sales messages from any connections is perfectly understandable in context. However, the reality is that most people are on social networks like LinkedIn to build relationships that hopefully lead to working together, whether it's in a client or a buyer relationship. At other times, you may want to build collaborations or partnership relationships. None of these relationships that we can get from our LinkedIn connections depend on a sales message to get off the ground on LinkedIn. The big question is, how many of these relationships will start if you don't know what other LinkedIn users do? I will say none. I have to believe that people who complain about LinkedIn users who tell them what they do somehow think or they assume that my expertise, the connections expertise will become evidenced somehow, maybe by magic. In most cases, when you wait to discover what people do, exactly nothing, zilch, nada happens. Not telling your connections what you do keeps up the proverbial effects of when you assume things. 
In other words, you assume you make an ass out of you and me. The big issue for me is that nine out of 10 people that invite me to connect with them on LinkedIn just disappear after I accept the connection request. And then we get to find out more about what they do other than what I've seen their invitation to connect. And that's normally just their name and the tagline, sometimes maybe a short message. I genuinely believe that there's a huge missed opportunity and a huge waste of time if you want to connect with me in the first place. And then we'll never get to find out whether we can help each other. So occasionally I will ask my LinkedIn connections directly, what do you do? How do you help? I don't ask because I'm bored and want to sell to them. Instead, you know, I use LinkedIn as a network that it is. A chance to build a relationship with people who can help me and people that I can help. So being a face-to-face networker, the first lesson I learned in BNI, the best networking organization in the world, by the way, is to show interest in people you meet at networking events. Because when you're interested in someone, then the more chance to be interested in you and what you do. So any successful networker will tell you to have a succinct description of how you help people so that you can answer the question one or two sentences. In other words, in roughly 10 to 15 seconds at most. So within the, your description of what you do to networkers, you don't want to launch into a full-on sales pitch. Otherwise, people will avoid you like a bad smell. You want to tell your fellow networkers enough about how you help without going OTT. Just as important, you want to create enough intrigue in the other person to continue the conversation at a networking event. Ideally, this is the same formula I use my follow-up messages, my LinkedIn clients, LinkedIn connections. I will make this point. If you get furious, upset, annoyed, frustrated when people send you messages on LinkedIn about what they do, then maybe you shouldn't be on LinkedIn in the first place. I was stretched out to say maybe you shouldn't be on any social network, to be fair, because you risk getting so upset every day, probably going to have a heart attack one day. Save yourself. As we're ending the networking, conversations can often come across as healthy, even when that's not what the other person intends. Sometimes it's all about how you receive, in other words, how you hear the message. So if you're interested in what the other person does, then the same message as a conversation starter is fine. Whereas if you, if you already have your backup and see all messages as coming from depraved sales heathens, then every message you get on LinkedIn, you think was sent by Lucifer. That said, it's perfectly logical to see a message as inappropriate when LinkedIn users commit what I call the cardinal sins in the messages. These are some of the sins that we often see on LinkedIn, on both my LinkedIn account, my LinkedIn profile, my client's LinkedIn inboxes. Look, you're entitled to call that spam messaging for what it is. And it's very different to an informational message on any social network. Let's be clear. Even I get riled when any LinkedIn user repeatedly sends me the same messages to which I don't respond. So repeated, unsolicited, and unwanted messages is the definition of spam. And no one should spam people if you want to build a relationship with them. Sending spam messages devalues your brand and destroys your credibility. The fact that I've not responded to your message in the first time is normally a good indicator that I'm not going to respond ever. I'm not interested in what you do or what you're offering. The spammers often come across as desperate, and no one likes desperate or needy people. The second big cardinal sin in LinkedIn messages is what I call war and peace messages. The last thing that anyone wants to see when they open their message on the LinkedIn inbox is your version of war and peace. Just so you know, I have it on good authority. Well, 
Wikipedia anyway. A War and Peace is one of the longest books ever with 600,000 words and more than 1,200 pages. I saw somewhere that good manners are just a way of showing other people they have respect for them. In the context of LinkedIn, this means that you resist sending unnecessarily long messages because I've been the times it takes to read these messages on my mobile. A wise networking principle is if you can't explain how you help in less than 30 seconds, then you really don't, don't understand what you do enough. So a wise networking principle is that if you can't explain how you help in less than 30 seconds, then you don't understand enough about what you do. So no matter your sector, you destroy the chance of me seeing you as an expert, or as a good marketer, if those messages are essentially a list of your services and an offer for me to buy. Let me tell you straight, you don't want to be treating LinkedIn users like idiots. More often than not, on LinkedIn, you're talking to people who have experience and expertise in the field. So messages that promise unachievable results, we rarely get anyone to want to build a relationship with you. I have, on occasion, challenged what my connections have claimed they can do. And more often than not, we get to a dead end where I make it clear that I don't believe what they're telling me and they invariably have no evidence to prove or back up their claims. You don't want to be that person. By far, the biggest mistake I see when it comes to LinkedIn messages is simply that you're talking to the wrong person. Sometimes people that connect with me are trying to sell me what we do already. I mean, why would I want your help to do LinkedIn marketing and lead generation when that is what global.media does already? So the message I get tells me instantly that you haven't even bothered to do the first step in targeting to make sure that I'm your target audience. In other words, you haven't even read my LinkedIn profile. Again, now you look silly with your follow-up message unless I really am a potential buyer. The other extreme happens as well, where people try to sell me a product or services that I would never need. Again, the message tells me that you have no idea who I am, nor what I do, or what my needs are. And you're not going to get a response from me that's positive if that's the case. Let's be clear. Sending messages to people who are not your target audience is the same as talking to a brick wall. A brick wall will never understand, and it really won't give a toss about what you do. And they certainly won't respond, even if they hear what you're saying. See, the common thread in all these LinkedIn messages mistakes is that you compound the mistake with the error of focusing on yourself and your services. See, where you're not networking properly, people default to what they know best and what they're familiar with, in other words, themselves. But talking about what you do alone means that your message will fail because you're not even trying to address the other person's issues. Now, if you go down the route of I do X, I do Y, and list a long list of services, it's not a surprise that the person getting the message will see that as a sales message. It's a sales pitch. And what else is it? I've been around long enough to know that some of these mistakes are the result of inexperience in marketers. See, we must learn the trade, communicate, and message, especially on LinkedIn. By the end of this episode, you will know how to get your LinkedIn messaging on point and be genuinely informational. I've tried sending long messages, especially in the early days, years ago. So while we've got some results, there's an engagement and prospects for our clients, quickly became clear that we had to refine the messages that we send out. I will come to how we've improved our follow messaging in a bit. But I will say I've never spammed people that don't send repeated messages, and I don't send clickbait messages either. So when it comes to what makes a good LinkedIn follow-up message, I could really wax lyrical about 
what to put in your message and what not to put in your message to get people to engage with you. I mean, the internet's full of examples. And so I didn't have to look far to see the six best tips on how to follow up after connecting on LinkedIn, for example. This article gives you six ways to make your messages right on LinkedIn. Here's, here's what they are. Tip number one, make the message more about them than you. Two, focus on the pain that you resolve. Number three, focus on the value you offer. And number four, express an interest in learning about them. Number five, use brevity. And number six, focus on the right goal. So I like the fact that this article goes on to give us a great an example of what they call a great follow-up message that we you actually know what one looks like. Here's what they advise us to write. Sit back for a bit. Brevity, they said. Okay, here goes. Thanks for connecting, Mike. From my experience, LinkedIn is best for meeting great professionals like you, finding amazing opportunities and sharing connections and resources. I endorse most of your skills to help you rank higher in the LinkedIn search engine. Free SEO in brackets. You are welcome. I looked at your profile carefully. If you're considering leveraging LinkedIn to be successful in your job search or finding clients, I would suggest that you continue adding content and keywords to your profile and grow your network, your target industry to have access to more opportunities and people. As you continue developing your profile, make sure you use all the space available with the keywords, particularly in your header, summary, and job titles. Otherwise, you'll never be found on LinkedIn search engines. Check out my profile for inspiration and feel free to steal my special characters for artistic emphasis. Just copy and paste. Welcome to my network. Kindly, Kathleen. As much as I like to be fair and resist criticizing others, I believe I would be doing you a disservice and telling you lies if I take you down this route of what makes the best LinkedIn follow-up message. There are certainly many good things about these six steps, these six tips that I totally agree with. And I, I would even go as far as suggesting you may want to take some of them on board in your LinkedIn follow-up message. See, you'll find that I mentioned most of the things in these tips already in the podcast, especially in the messages sins section and why people hate your messages. The biggest and best tip here is to keep your message as short as possible. That's for sure. They call it brevity. So having worked with clients to connect with and engage with decision makers, some of the world's biggest companies, I find that it's always best to do as you would say to someone in a networking event. And you certainly would not say 90% of what I've just read out in that example message. I mean, a lot of it is just plain creepy. Who do I think I am? Who do you think you are? to advise me on my LinkedIn profile. Giving me endorsements when you don't know me. I mean, that's crime 101 on LinkedIn. It tells me that you have no scruples, number one. And I don't know how I can trust you when you have clearly not a clue about how LinkedIn really works. But I could really pick holes in that example. But I, I can resist, I'm fine. I'll calm down a bit. Another big lesson I've learned is that people just want you to say how you can help me and why I should care. I mean, you can say that in a line or two. If you're talking to the right person who you can help, they will naturally want to find out more. In the case that the LinkedIn connection shows an interest in your work, what you're offering, then you can invite them to a conversation off LinkedIn, whether that's a phone call, email, or meeting. My typical follow-up message these days also aligns with how decision makers talk with each other in real life. I can say that with genuine 
authority because what we say now is based on how my clients respond themselves to new connections. So our typical follow-up message today looks like this. Thanks for connecting whoever your name is. My company helps you achieve X, Y, Z. If you have some free time, I would love to have a chat with you if you could benefit from this. Regards, my name. So our follow-up message formats missing principles to keep your follow-up message as short and conversational as possible. Whilst giving your LinkedIn connection enough information to know what you do and how you help. It's hard to see my message as a sales pitch. But then again, I will admit that some LinkedIn users still take offense that I dared to message them at all in the first place. Well, I always say it's best to please some people, some other people, because you'll never please all of the people all of the time. So the best results you want from your follow-up message on LinkedIn is a request to find out more information from you. Sometimes, as happened this morning, in fact, a client sent me a WhatsApp message saying that a new connection wants to book a meeting with him. And what should he say in response? I simply advise my client to respond like a person would. Ask for the other person's contact details. That way you can contact them to arrange a conversation. And now that we've managed to get this new connection to be a potentially interested buyer, there's no need to give them a sales pitch on LinkedIn. Just talk normally. The whole point of Global.media's follow-up message approach is that we just want a conversation starter. The chance to sell comes much later off LinkedIn. That's when I know more about your business and what your needs may be, and also have an idea of how maybe be able to help you. As tempting as it can be to say as much as you as you want to say or as much as you can to give any new connections a good view of your service, resist. The real trick with the follow-up message on LinkedIn is coming up with that killer one or two lines of description that speaks directly to your client's issues and will get them to understand the benefits that you can provide as soon as they see your message. See, the results we'll see every day is that people who don't get the value of your service in those one or two lines will never get it. Even if you write the Encyclopedia Britannica, in case you're wondering, that's a huge volume of books that I used to dream of when I was a kid. And every African has the Encyclopedia Britannica and they all, there was one more of them, so big there. It makes a library, basically. See, as a marketer, I always focus on saying a huge thank you to people who say no thanks up front when it comes to marketing, because it means I can focus my time on interested potential buyers instead, rather than wasting time on those who are going to say no ultimately anyway. So I hope you can see that you never have to sell to your LinkedIn connections. Focus on telling people how you help in one line or two, pretty much as you would say in a face-to-face networking event. So just being conversational will show your expertise in business and in marketing. These are what intrigue people to want to find out more about how you can help them. Feel free to reach out to us at global.media if you're struggling with your LinkedIn messages. We'll be glad to assist you to keep your LinkedIn messages short and sweet. That's all for this episode of Learning With Me Any at global.media. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please give us a like in that case. And don't forget to hit the subscribe notification button so that you'll be the first to know when the next episode comes out. Again, like I always say, please now let us know what you think. We want to create content that you want to hear. So message us, comment in the comment section, and share your thoughts about this and other episodes of learning. That's all for today. Happy LinkedIn marketing. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Learning Podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast 
To stay ahead of your competition on LinkedIn and head to global.media.com to find out more.